1: everybody. All right. Today, we're talking about how to make adult friends again. And the reason I say again is because during this COVID crap, which I probably have it at this point, I feel like I do. Um, um, and I'm being tested, by the way. Um, but the bottom line is, is making friends after COVID is very difficult because social anxiety, agoraphobia, which is staying indoors and not allowing yourself to go out, is way, way up, way up. And buying dogs is way, way up because people are looking for companionship, but they can't get that human companionship just due to a lot of the rules of COVID. And so here we are in this society where as adults, we're actually having to relearn how to make friends. And children often make friends seamlessly. You know, the settings in which they spend time, such as school or camp or teams, naturally for uh uh, create fast friendships and it can be harder to make new friends without these built-in mechanisms as an adult but there are still plenty of ways to create new enduring relationships you know adult friendships don't happen automatically we all have our baggage we have our trust issues and they require intention time, effort, and they take initiative by researching a local you know, group or inviting a coworker to coffee and throughout the process of getting to know someone, affirm who they are by showing enthusiasm about their interest, or com- complimenting them or being consistent and reliable so that the connection solidifies. Because the, the whole bottom line is, if you're going to make a friend, you have to make time for that friend and you have to be there For that friend, and you need to be consistent with that friend. You know, push yourself out of your comfort zone in small ways. You know, such as asking a question during a during a a conversation, or at a party, or reflecting on uh, discrepancy between about uh, 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 how bad you thought past gatherings would be and how bad they actually were. Uh, can also help, you know, being honest about your feelings. Oh, I thought this was going to be a really bad party, but it's actually a lot of fun. You know, Um, this kind of soothes things and it brings forward the stress in a way that it can be released and acknowledged. And maintaining lifelong friendships provides deep fulfillment and meaning. And sometimes those are the people that are with you till the end, you know, And, and that's a very powerful thing. You know, a few key practices can ensure that all those bonds don't fade over time. But friendships require that both people invest time into the relationship. But the most important aspect is they cultivate trust and they get rid of all honest trust issues, meaning that they bring everything to the table and they actually discuss their trust issues. And you work through those disagreements when they arise. Now, you know, strong friendships are built on a foundation of honesty and trust. And like I said, you can love someone and not trust them. But when you trust someone, the love will grow. And the reason that happens is because you've invested in that person and you've been honest with that person completely. And hopefully you can do that with your partner in a relationship. You know? Disagreements are bound to happen over a course of a long relationship. And when expressing your concern, show that you want to find a solution rather than alienate the other person. Explain how their actions may feel. Invite them to, to do the same. Ask for the change you'd like to see. And, and when handedly corrected, conflict can strengthen the relationship because what really strengthens even in marriage what strengthens your relationship is the fact that we can actually solve problems. we don't just sit and have the same arguments over and over and over again we actually problem solve and that's where we have hope that that friendship will grow you know that the, the strong friendships are a real critical aspect of most people's emotional well-being. And there's a lot of research out there that says close friendships are associated with greater happiness, greater self-esteem, a sense of purpose. And these bonds are even associated with physical outcomes such as lower blood pressure and even a longer lifespan. And that's research, folks, and that's important. And also, friendship creates a foundation through which we can develop social skills, advance our careers, and actually even help preserve our family and ourselves and have a place to, to, to fall back on when everything falls apart. You know, you want to enjoy and have some sense of compassion and support in your life. And, 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 and also, research has long revealed that people with close connections are healthier, recover from illnesses more quickly, they live longer, and new evidence shows that friendship confers the most benefit during adolescence and old age. So in the middle years where you're working your butt off, like me, and I'm not in my middle years, I'm in my later years, but I'm definitely living as if I'm in my middle years. um, The bottom line is, is that we have to take care of ourselves and one of the ways that we take care of ourselves is to create memories because that is our legacy and those friends are the people that carry our memories forward and hopefully our spouse too But the bottom line is that's what we really need to focus on, you know. But knowing the essential friendship skills isn't the same thing as being able to make friends. You know, if you're introvert, if you don't get energy from uh, a crowd and if you're around an extrovert, that can drive you nuts. So introverts need to make more companionship with other people that are more extroverted than they are, but still have internal uh, introvert qualities. And friends are very important to happiness. The more uh, you study happiness, in fact, the more you're convinced that that loneliness is a very common and very serious challenge to happiness. Now, can you be happy all the time? No. But what do you want to strive for? Peace. Peace. Then you have all of your emotions available. But if you're trying to be happy, that's kind of hard. But if you can be peaceful, now you have access to everything and you're not feeling like a failure. You know, a lot of ancient philosophers and even contemporary scientists agree that strong social ties are a key and could be the key to happiness. You need to close long-term relationships. You need to be able to confide in others. You need to belong. You need to get and give support. And a lot of studies have shown that if you have five or more friends with whom to discuss an important topic, you're far more likely to describe yourself as very happy. Not only does having strong relationships make it far more likely that you take joy in your life, but studies show that it also lengthens your life incredibly, even more than stopping smoking. It boosts immunity and it cuts the risk of depression, you know. But if you're going to be a friend, there are strategies and things you have to do. You know, uh, 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 showing up is the big deal. You know, that's a big part of friendship is just showing up. Whenever you have the chance to see other people, take it. Go to the party. Stop by someone's desk. Make the effort. You know, you need to be a believer in the power of of things like Facebook and Twitter and Google to help sustain your relationships. But nothing can replace a face-to-face meeting. Also, the mere exposure Effect describes the fact that repeated exposure makes you someone better, makes that person like you better, too. You're much more likely to become friends with someone if you see them often. And, and you can see this time and time again throughout the course of your life. I know I have. I've become close to unlikely people just because circumstances put us in constant contact. The, another way to make friends is join a group. You know, be a part of a natural group where you have a lot of interests in common. And they're brought together pretty much automatically because you have a passion about what you're what you're expressing in that group. And it's the easiest way to make friends because, you know, it's like starting a new job or taking a class, having a baby, joining a congregation, moving to a new neighborhood. These are great opportunities to join a bigger group of people who may have a lot in common with you. And. In situations that aren't an option, try to find a different group to join. Get a dog, for example, or pursue a hobby more seriously, or add advantage to making friends through a group that you'll have something obvious in common with with these new acquaintances and can strengthen your friendships to several people at once. You know, very helpful if you don't have a lot of free time, which is important because of many people lack the time, and I'm one of them. To have a which creates a real obstacle to making and sustaining friendships but also if you form a group you can you can't find an existing group start one you know maybe a children's literature group or, or something like that you know some of your great joys in life you could start a group on and actually find people that have the same satisfaction it could be about wine or cheese or pets marathon training a language. You know, a worthy cause. You know, all there's all sorts of groups out there that can light you up. But what's important is that you have passion and purpose if you're going to develop a group. And also, if you're going to be a friend, you need to understand your job is to say nice things about other people. It's kind, a, a kind of way to behave. And if you look at the studies, and there's tons of them, they show that because of the psychological p- uh, phenomenon of spontaneous, you know, uh, uh, acceptance and, and gratitude for other people, we've become magnetic. You know, if we start talking about people as in their bad qualities, like they're arrogant or that, you know, they can't be trusted or whatever they've done bad. And and you want to pick them apart as if you don't do things that can't be trusted, as if you don't do things that shouldn't be respected. You know, we all have our problems. We all have our issues in this life. And one of the things we have to do is accept the fact that we're all quirky. You know, it's also important to set a target. And that sounds very calculating, but it has a really it can work when you enter a situation where you meet a new set of people, set the goal of making three new friends. And this seems artificial, but somehow the shift makes you behave differently and it makes people more open and it prompts you to make effort to say more than just the typical hello. Nice to meet you. How's your day? That kind of crap, you know, make an effort to smile. You know, you got this mouth. Why don't you do something with it? Smile, you know, big surprise. You know, there's a lot of studies out there that show the amount of time you smile during a conversation has a direct effect on how friendly you're perceived. In fact, people who can't smile due to facial paralysis have trouble with relationships. You know, it's it's amazing, but, you know, it's common sense. You know, make friends with friends of friends. You know, that's also called a thing called a triadic closure, and it's a term for the fact that people tend to befriend the friends of their friends. So friends of friends is an excellent place to start if you're trying to expand your circle. But you got to be aware of cultural differences. You know, it's really important to understand that sometimes there are cultures that are what are called closed cultures, meaning that they are closed family units. They're about loyalty. They're not about allowing you to be at the top end of their friendship. That's because culturally they have alignments that they don't that you may not meet. And so you have to be aware that the fact is if you're going to be with someone, if you're gonna marry someone, if you're gonna make friends with someone, you may ha- be dealing with also the fact that they or you have a closed culture. Uh, that's loyalty based, it's family based, it's whatever. it's how long I've known you based. There's a lot of people like that in this world. But you know the fact is, Making friends comes naturally to people most of the time, but it's not always easy. You know, there's a lot of years that researchers have been studying what attracts people to each other and their findings, you know, might improve your friend making skills. You know, getting people to like you is surprisingly easy, especially if you follow some, you know, general guidelines. Most friendships develop so naturally that you don't even realize how or when they start. But sometimes you want to make an effort to befriend a new acquaintance or become a better friend to existing people. So using tricks and techniques like mirroring, mirroring would be like taking the energy of another person and meeting them at that energy so that they feel comfortable and then maybe bring them to your energy. Or there's also subliminal touching or smiling or letting that other person talk about themselves that can make you appear more likable. You know, people want to be heard. It's desperate out there. People do not have a voice. And when they actually get a voice, it's such a great relief. And if you're allowed a good listener, you're a very powerful person because you have the ability to influence other people just by the fact that you're willing to hear them you know, if you look uh, 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 of uh, how psychological research on science of attraction to find strategies to get people to like you, there's a lot of them out there. But mirroring, it also involves subtly mimicking the other person's behavior. And when talking to someone, trying to uh, uh, copy their body language, their gestures, their facial expressions, you know, researchers uh, have done this for years. And that mere exposure effect of allowing yourself to mirror someone else, mimic someone else's behavior, allows you to become familiar to them, which makes them endure to you. Unless you do it so badly that it's obvious that you're just trying to make friends with them and then they don't trust you and then you feel like you're a fraud. You know, these finding the findings suggest that spending more time with people can make them like you more. Even if you don't live near your friends, try sticking to a steady routine with them, such as going out for coffee every week or taking a class together. But people will associate uh, you know adjectives you use to describe other people with your personality. And that phenomenon is called spontaneous trait transference. And and this effect occurs when people know certain traits didn't describe the people they had talked about. So whenever you say that other people influences how you see the world, that is a spontaneous trait transference, meaning you're viewing the world through someone else's eyes. And that's an interesting thing to do because that's a bonding experience for any person. You know, if you describe someone else as genuine and kind, people will also associate you with those qualities. But the reverse is also true. If you're constantly trashing people behind their backs, your friends will start to associate negative qualities with you as well. So if you're a negative talker, if you're a person that likes to talk gossip, if you're a person that likes to talk badly about other people, people will see you badly and not trust you. You're sending a signal out there that you are not to be trusted. You know, there's also this thing called uh, uh, emotional contagon, and that describes when people are strongly influenced by the moods of other people. You know, uh, there's a lot of research that if you want to make others feel happy when you're around, you do your best to communicate positive emotions. People that communicate positive emotions bring positive back. Surprise, surprise. You know, if you look at uh, that friends – Uh, that found that people are more likely to accept their friend requests, such as the number of mutual friends increase. So when you have mutual friends, you're building a whole group of other friends that you can depend on. Mutual friends can be a really healthy, healthy thing. When you have people that have something in common with you, you have something in common with them. And then you have a group of friends that have something in common with both of you. That's a great thing. That gives a lot of really good, strong support. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about more, more kind of about tips about about making friends, but then we're going to talk about assumptions. And yeah, we're going to talk about tricks But the bottom line is, we really have to understand how to communicate. So come back.
0: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's absurd psychology.
1: <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about friendship and how to make it, because a lot of people have forgotten how to. to tell you the truth, you know there there's a a lot of uh, there's a guy. <clears throat> his name is Theodore Newcomb, and he did a study. It's a classic study. It's called about the similarity attraction effect, and in his experiment. Newcomb measured his subject's attitudes on controversial topics like sex and politics and then put them in a Michigan, University of Michigan owned house to live together. By the end of the stay, the subject liked their housemates more when they had similar attitudes about the topics they were measured on. And if you're hoping to get friendly with someone, try to find a point of similarity between you two and highlight it. And this is known as subliminal touching, which occurs when... You touch a person so subtly that they barely notice. Common examples include tapping someone's back or touching their arm, which can make them feel warm towards you. You know, there's uh, another study where 100 undergraduate women looked at photos of another woman In in one of four poses, smiling with an open body position, smiling in a closed body position, not smiling in an open body position, not smiling in a closed body position. And the results suggested that women in the photo was was liked most when she was smiling, regardless of her body position. So smile more if you want to make more friends Mm -hmm. and make that a conscious effort. You know, the participants with positive self-views prefer people who think highly of them, while those with negative self-views prefer critics. And, and this could be because people like to interact with those who provide feedback consistent with their own identity. You know, there's also a lot of research that suggests that when people's beliefs about us line up with our own, our relationship with them flows more smoothly. And that's likely because we feel understood which is an important comon- uh, component of intimacy. <clears throat> Self-disclosure may be one of the best relationship-building techniques, though. That's really opening yourself up to being vulnerable, self-disclosing. And, and there's a lot of experiments that, that, that have provided that when you're given the sense of, of, of self-exposure, other people begin to go, yeah. I identify with that that's I felt that way. It also brings back memories which people love to, to discuss memories because memories are our legacy. You know, it, it, there's a, another study where participants were told that certain members of the group discussed would probably like them. And these group members were chosen randomly by by an experimenter and after discussion participants indicated that people they liked best were the ones who supposedly liked them. Isn't that nice? to know and if you're a person that likes a lot of people that you're not heavy judgy that's a good thing that makes you a more attractive person but if you not don't have a sense of humor especially at the office that could backfire you know there's a a lot of people that are less liked and less popular among colleagues if they're morally focused. That means they're judging people because of their values, because of their morals, because of their religion, because of how they look, because of how they smell, because of how they act, how they speak. You know, when we're judgy, we are not attractive as people. And that takes away from our ability as humans to make good friendships. And that sadly creates a very, very lonely life. You know, Results show also that brain regions associated with motivation and reward are most active when participants are sharing information publicly, but also when they're talking about themselves, even if no one was listening. And I see that on the street all the time, by the way. You know, in other words, letting someone share a story or two about their life instead of babbling on about yours could give them more positive memories about your interaction. So once again, becoming a good listener might be the best thing for you. You know, there's nothing better than meeting new people who fill us with energy and show us another perspective of life. You know, that's that's a bright side. That's a great thing. But there's some things that we don't want to assume. We don't want to assume too much. You know, often we think that we might not be nice or funny enough to others. The good news is it's, it's all on your head. People are more receptive than you think. You know, also meeting new people can often be a terrifying experience. The more you try to run and, and or the more you try to be fun or have a good conversation or be a good conversationalist, the less you'll be. So always be just yourself if you want to be a friend and you want to make good friends. Also, if you do not yet have enough confidence to meet many people, start with something simple. Talk to someone new at work to train your social skills even an open pose can be a small step so it means you open up your body to that person which makes you vulnerable okay now You know, where are the people? You definitely have to go out. You have to join something. You have to go somewhere. You have to do something where people are, like courses or workshops or groups or activities. They're really interesting where you can find interesting people. And don't sit around waiting for someone else to make the first move, because once you feel ready to make new friends, you can jump into the ring. Use psychological tricks that help communicating and building good friendships, and we'll talk about that later. You know, you know, the person who, who judges loses. Sometimes you may have uh, preconceived notions of who and what your new friend should be. However, people that don't seem to have anything in common with you, at first, can turn out to be the most interesting people you will ever meet in your life. Give them a chance. Be surprised. You know, take a leap of faith. You might find that someone that has an alternate opinion might be just as interesting as someone that has the same opinion. Also, you need to show interest. You know, we're all kind of diva, egomaniacs. We learn to listen before speaking. But other people want to receive attention and be heard as much as you do. So show that you're interested to get to know them. Be curious about other people if you want to make friends. Also, if it's a new friendship, it's forged by sharing time. Dinners, parties, cinemas, other places where you can give a good time are the best choice. And then keeping in touch with that friend and following up. Sometimes it's difficult to stay in touch with our friends. However, it's the only way to maintain a friendship and use the media, whatever you prefer, like internet or phone or texting. You know, watch what's going on in their life and help support your friends. Let them know that you can be counted on. That's important. You know, the the, the, the the physics of the body can be used to trick people's minds. Our bodies are capable of bizarre, bewildering behaviors, and it's amazing. You know, <coughs> one can be done. One could be alone or one could be with other people. But first, you need to clasp your hands together, not together as if you're praying, but interlock your fingers and bend them as though you would be holding someone's hand. Then you put your two index forefingers out straight, leaving a small gap between them they they they're they're also not touching. While keeping your hands clasped together, the rest of your fingers are interlocked. And usually what you'll find after just a few seconds that your index fingers will slowly start closing in on each other. Eventually they touch. And this automatic response can be avoided by purposely making the effort, which is absolutely more difficult than what you would expect. When asking another person to do this, you can pretend to tie an invisible piece of string around their index fingers, thereby giving them the illusion that you're doing it. And, and when uh, the principle behind that trick is, it's, it's like a, 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 a ideometer. Um, which is uh, the trick works opposite to how you normally position and use your fingers. It confuses your senses and causes a double take. And one common myth is that gender of an unborn child can be predicted by swinging a pendulum above a pregnant mother's womb. Obviously, this technique would be useless in modern times, even if it did work, because we can now you do this with ultrasound. But nevertheless, the same principle can be used to confuse your friends. Make a pendulum by tying a coin or a key to a piece of string. So what we're talking about, friends, here is tricks, 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 but things that make people think, make people talk, make people join, make people share. That's what we're looking for. You know, uh, simply ask your friend or or family to hold the pendulum. Ask them a question, but tell them to only answer it in their mind. And if you hold that answer in their mind, the pendulum will usually begin to rotate either clockwise or anti-clockwise based on the answer. And so as a result, the participant is actually moving the pendulum themselves. They just don't consciously realize it. Real lie detectors work in a similar way. This mind trick is based on audio motion, meaning that the subject makes motions uncertain, unconsciously. So these kind of things are tricks, yes, but they're conversation pieces. You know, it, it's all kinds of crazy things you can do. You know, it's, there's another, you know, uh, quite popular one. You know, think a number between 1 and 10. And once they've selected, tell them to multiply that number by 9. And if they're thinking of a number with two digits, tell them that to add the two digits together. Tell them to subtract 5. Then tell them to assign a letter to the alphabet to the number A equals 1, B equals 2, C equals 3. And tell them to think of a country uh, beginning with that letter. And then ask them to think of an animal using the second letter. And ask them to think of a color. And that, And the result is you will tell them that they're thinking of a gray elephant from Denmark or something like that. But these kind of tricks, and and you can Google this all day long, but these kind of tricks are ways of called icebreakers. They're ways of gathering people's attention. Um, And and that's an important thing. And I'm I'm saying if you're an introvert, if you're a shy person, You know, you have to understand that that can be a real challenge and that can be something that you're afraid of as a person to be able to explore that aspect of yourself. You know, uh, introverts and a lot of us have turned into introverts because we've been uh, stuck in this COVID thing. But this introversion, the problem with it is, is that we can continue to go down into depression and anxiety because when we're met with the real world, we have to review ourselves. And a lot of us don't like what we see because when we have too much time on our hands, we are at our absolute worst. When people are alone too long, they think the worst possible thoughts about themselves. They begin to do what's called catastrophizing. They begin to think of fear. They think of worst pace uh, worst scenarios they begin to really focus on the negative aspects of life. Oftentimes, they project their fears onto other people, especially their main, uh, the people that are in relationships with, their children, their family, and they tend to project that negativity because they have nowhere else to go with it. And so if we want to be good friends, we have to work on how we can be safe. And that's an important aspect of a person, safe. What does safe mean? Well, safe means that you accept everybody for who they are. You're not judging. And you're willing to hear. And you're willing to empathize. Empathy is such an important quality for a person. And you're willing to be a grateful person. And if you can shape your communication into the idea of empathizing, meaning you have compassion for other people, you're not trying to solve all their problems, you just meet them where they're at and understand. And... Be willing to hear them and be willing to be grateful for them. That is a great, great, great quality in any person. It's magnetic. It teaches you that you can be an attractive person. Even if you're not physically attractive, you can actually be a very attractive person just by the way you are willing to hear other people. The curiosity that you have for other people, that brings friendship into your life. The other thing is... We have an opportunity when we're married or when we're in a relationship to have our best friend be our partner. And that is what the hope is, is that we cherish the idea that we have a great partner and we talk good about them. We don't talk bad about them. We don't talk about how they don't meet our needs. Because when we do that, we do great damage, great damage. It's important for all of us. To be grateful for each other and be kind to each other and talk well of each other. And the more you do that in a relationship, the more you build your friendship. The more you build friendship, the more you learn how to make friends. And so that's an important aspect of life that we all have to come to grips with. Is that if we're going to make friends, we have to be friendly. We have to be willing to join. We have to be willing to take leaps of faith. We have to be willing to go to a party where we don't know each other. Maybe go to a group where we, we've never joined before. We don't know anybody. Maybe take on a, a real problem like uh, maybe alcoholism or drugs, and make friends in that kind of environment. Not necessarily healthy friends, (laughs) always. But the bottom line is it may help you build yourself up and help yourself feel like you have more fuel in life. You know, a lot of people feel very vulnerable. Vulnerable in a sense of their life because they don't have people out there that love and support them as much as they need. And people are having a hard time wanting to commit to being around other people just for health reasons um, with this COVID-19 stuff. But as the doors open up, we need to become more compassionate. We need to become more thoughtful about each other. And we need to understand that we're in a culture that is vastly divided and people have horribly uh, extreme positions that they take and they defend, and that's okay. You know, just accept it. It's okay if somebody's a freak. It's okay if they've got freaky ideas. It's fine. Just learn the person. Don't learn their point of view, because oftentimes people waver on what they really believe. Sometimes people take a position just for attention, not actually believing in what they believe. They just want the attention, especially kids. They'll hear something about their parents, what their parents believe, and then they'll make up their belief behind that parent And they'll either oppose them or not oppose them, but they'll take a position and they take it just for attention. And if you give it too much attention, you give it too much power, and then they entrench themselves in that position and force themselves to be that person that they've been communicating. And unfortunately, it may not be conducive to who they really are. So out there, if we're going to make friends, let's start with people who are safe, who are approachable. And people that we know and people that we need in our life. And if it's a new person that has the same energy, seems to have the uh, thing in common that you have with them, (laughs) start with that. Work with that. You know, if it's playing golf or it's going bowling or if it's, you know, an activity, that's fine. That's fine. It gives you time together while you're doing something, and then you're spending time getting to know each other. And hopefully, there'll be conversations there that build things up. Time. Time is the big deal. When it comes to friendship, you invest in your time, and that tells a person that you respect them, that you care for them, and that you want them in your life because you're taking the time to be with them. And that's a good friend for anyone to have. Time means that you have to negotiate your time to make that person be in your life but if you're the only person initiating the friendship and if you're the only one always having to initiate activity together that person may not be the best friend for you that person may actually make you feel rejected in some ways and that's not a true friend so you need to be conscious of that that The people that you make friends with, if they have bad habits or have things that they do, you will likely join them at some point if you make a commitment to that person. So you have to be very careful to look at the negative qualities in a person and what they do to cope with their life in a negative way because that may rub off on you. You know, a lot of people who get divorced end up having friends that get divorced simply because they got divorced the other person starts thinking about what they don't have and all of a sudden they rub off we are not all great leaders a lot of us are mediocre followers and we need to understand that so if we're going to have a friend we want to move our life into a friend who's healthy and then we want to move our life into a friend we have lots in common with and we have to move to somebody who has integrity and somebody who has a semblance of direction with their life that can add to our life all right take another break we're going to come back Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Or you can just click on Email Host
1: on the Voice America
0: page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Are we talking about how to make friends again? Because a lot of people are having to relearn how to make friends because we haven't had the environment to be good friends. You know, but um, there's been a lot of pain. Uh, during COVID, there's been a lot of uh, social anxiety, there's been a lot of uh, panic attacks, there's been t- huge amounts of depression, lots of divorce, there's a lot of pain out there. And that's a negative thing. And it's never good to start a friendship on a negative thing. But sometimes when we endure through negative events, that we build a friendship, you know, and 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 sometimes we endure each other because we go through hard times together and we stay there for each other. But if you're with someone who always is dramatic and histrionic and sucks the soul out of your body and never gives back to you, that's not a good friend. And and so we need to really be wise and pick and choose the kind of people that we want in our life. You know, There's this thing, and and I talked about it earlier, the mirroring, which is basically subtly mimicking each other's behavior. And this is done in the initial session. And I would say when I'm with a couple, for instance, and I'm doing marriage counseling, I'm going to go to the person with the lowest amount of energy. The reason I'm going to do that is because the person that has the higher amount of energy is familiar with that other person's energy, and they will gravitate towards that. And that makes both people feel safe and join. <clears throat> this is called meta communication. But it helps you form better relationships. You know, if you copy their body language or their gestures or their facial expressions in a legitimate, honest way, that oftentimes will ignite what's called the chameleon effect, which which occurs when people unconsciously mimic each other's behavior. And that mimicry facilitates liking each other. <clears throat> There's a lot of people... If they mimic each other's uh, uh, behavior, they end up falling from all kinds of studies of liking each other more often. But you really have to, according to just mere exposure, exposure is one thing, but you, then you have to commit to time. And that means you really want to spend time with that person as a friend, get to know them, even get to know their negatives, their positives, their struggles and be a good listener for that person. You know, male uh, people uh, uh, demonstrate greater affinity for, for for males, particularly for females, that they've seen more often in class or even though they haven't interacted with any. Uh, they may They may know them. And so males tend to be more familiar with people they've been around a lot rather than people they haven't been around a lot. And so time... And exposure can be really powerful things. Um, also, adjectives make a big deal. You know, if you use them to describe other people with your personality, this phenomenon is called spontaneous trait and transference, which he talked about earlier. And that fact occurs when people know certain traits and didn't describe the people who had talked about them so that means that the you know what if 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 you're assigning adjectives to different people those adjectives have a tendency to stick to people and if you try to box a person in by using adjectives to try to describe them, what you're basically doing is coloring that person in, which creates a negative effect on you as a person. You know, if you describe someone as genuine or kind, people will also associate those qualities to you. You know, if you're constantly trashing people, they won't. And so, you know, when people who are strongly influenced by the moods of other people, that's called an empath. An impasse I have a tendency to take in what other people are feeling and then they try to fix it. And that's not what we need. When people are emotional, we need to meet them with emotion and compassion, not with logic. Unfortunately, a lot of people are logic-based and emotions have no logic. And so we need to acknowledge emotions with emotions, meaning empathy and compassion, And we need to uh, uh, address and once we weigh through that emotional effect, once we're willing to weigh through how a person's attachment is to a certain thing they're talking about, then we can get to logic to logic. But until then, you have to stay with the emotion. And that's how people work. And if you understand that, you become a much better communicator. You know, if you want people to feel happy when they're around you, you have to be a positive person. You have to communicate positive emotions. You also need to be safe and warm and competent. And competent means that you don't just talk out five sides of your mouth. That means that you don't say one thing to one person and another thing to another person. You know, if you can portray yourself as warm, you know, non-competitive and friendly, people feel, feel like they can trust you because you don't have an agenda. And a lot of people seem to have an agenda. If you seem competent, for example, if you have high economic or educational status, they're more inclined to respect you because then now they kind of know who you are and what you're about, you know, that you're successful in life. That means that they have a potential to learn from you. You know, friends are a great place of learning. And the more you have friends and the more you demonstrate warmth towards those friends, even if they don't have the same perspective that you have, you're going to learn a lot. And you're going to gain a lot of wisdom. And you're going to gain a lot of insight. And it may shape you differently. But the bottom line, that makes you a wiser person. And that's what we all want to be. You know, from an evolutionary perspective, it's more critical to our survival to know whether a person deserves our trust. And you can love someone and not trust them. So when you want to get someone's trust, I don't trust you. But I will have faith in you. Faith is the bridge to trust. And if a person has violated trust, they need to ask for you to have faith in them so that you can establish trust with each other. And that's a really important thing. You know, people, it's amazing. We're so hard on ourselves. But people will like you more after you make a mistake, but only if you believe you are a competent person. If they believe you're a competent person and you make a mistake, they're cool with that revealing that you aren't perfect makes you more uh, relatable and vulnerable towards the people around you. You know, uh, uh, there's a phenomenon that was is studied about how simple mistakes can really affect perceived attraction. You know, if someone actually goes with the fact that they make a mistake and they laugh at their mistake and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. That is, meets you a safe person. But if people get angry and violent and disappointed or depressed and sad, and just you know, clam up, that means the person lacks maturity. And so that's not the formula for a good friend. That's a whiner. And so we have to be very careful. It's not what happens to us in this life that's important. It's how we choose to respond that's really what's important. And when people are resilient, that makes you an attractive person, that you figure out how to adapt to even negative things in your life. That is a friendship quality that all of us tend to look for. You know, we also emphasize shared values. We may have a lot of different opinions, but we also may have similar values. And values is really where the rubber meets the road rather than opinions. Opinions change. Values very rarely change unless there's an epiphany or a cathartic moment where you finally realize that something is wrong and you need to change it. But the bottom line is is that we as people need to understand that our values are important. You know, if we value our family, maybe our friends need to be people that value their family. If we value our children's life, that may be the model of people that we want in our life. If we value marriage, that may be something that we want as people in our life to help us strengthen our own marriages. You know, people are more attracted to those who are similar to them. And we've said this before. But, uh, you know, it's controversial. But, uh, you know, it's really important to understand that. And smiling, by the way, is huge. And we talked about that earlier, too. But people that smile are attractive. Even if they are are a negative person, if they smile, if there's a moment where they show sense of goodness, a sense of peace, a sense of loving, you know, that makes a better person. And the, the other thing in, in being able to connect with friends, and this is huge, you know, people want to be perceived in the way that aligns with their own beliefs about themselves. And I know this sounds shallow, but if you acknowledge a person's perception of themselves, then maybe you can get to the deeper truth about that person. But the bottom line is we have to begin to accept in the perceived way in which a person believes about themselves. And that's called a self-verification theory. And we all uh, seek confirmations of our views, positive and negative. And for, for a lot of studies that were done by Stanford and University of Arkansas or Arizona, uh, people with positive and negative perceptions of themselves were asked whether they wanted to interact with people who had positive or negative impressions of them. Participants with, participants with positive self-views viewed uh, preferred people who thought highly of them while those with negative self-views preferred critical people. And this is because people uh, want feedback. If they're critical of themselves, they want to get honest feedback, and what they term as honest feedback. You know, there's a lot of other research that when people's beliefs about us line up with our own, our relationship with them flows. And so that's a big deal. The other thing is telling secrets. Huge. You know, self-disclosure is really important. So I'm just kind of going over the points that really make for a deep and meaningful friendship. You know, how do you feel about your relationship with your mom? That's an interesting question. How do you feel about your relationship with your family? How have you had good friends in your life? What were they like? What's happened to the friends in your life? You can try that on your own, but having a sense of question and curiosity is what draws people in to you. You know, also, if you're going to be a good friend, you need to be able to keep secrets. There's a, a, a lot of studies out there. But the big thing in those studies is that especially important when people are imagining their ideal friend an ideal a person that they work with, that trustworthiness is comprised of several components, including honesty, dependability, loyalty, While each is important to successful relationships, honesty and dependability have been defined as the most vital realm of a friendship. And having a sense of humor, that is always refreshing. Having a sense of humor with someone else brings out our humanity. It brings out the best in us, and it makes us be able to uh, be resilient and endure lots of hardships in our life. And and if we allow people to talk about themselves and even make joke about themselves, but we don't make fun of them, um, then that's a great thing to share. And it's a great way to build. Making fun of yourself can be a very interesting way to make a friendship. You know, the best jokes you'll ever tell are the jokes you tell about yourself rather than other people. That's important. But in being vulnerable, that's a big deal. And emotional openness comes with risks involving making yourself vulnerable, not knowing whether this exposure will be accepted and reciprocated or rejected or deflected. But it might be worth the risk. And so, you know, take it. And, and if you don't like someone initially or if you're scared of someone or if you have fears, why don't you just act like you like them and see what happens? All right, that's our show. I want to thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you. You can do that via our webpage. At voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel of Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, friends buy you food. Best friends eat your food. <laughs> also, there's nothing wrong with a friend unless they're chocolate. If you laugh until someone can't breathe, that is your best friend. Also, good friends talk about sex lives. Best friends talk about the worst details. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody.